My society did not encourage listening to one's intuitive direction and even frowned on it as being supernatural or possibly evil. I had to be trained to do what comes naturally. That's a quote that I absolutely love. It resonates with me so deeply from a book that I just finished reading uh, just this month was, and it's called Mutant Message Down Under by Marlo Morgan. And so first off, welcome back to the Mind Body Hoops podcast, people. You guys know the vibe. Usually I'm talking to experts in their field about how we can become better athletes and better people, tools, perspective, all that good stuff that we can extract and becoming the best versions of ourselves. But today, I just want to talk about a book I just read. And I read it a couple weeks ago. I finished it a couple weeks ago, rather. And I just wanted to talk about it. I had an idea to do this as a podcast episode, almost like a book report episode. And I'm just going to send it and see how it goes, see how it resonates. So this is about the book I just finished called Mutant Message Down Under. It's about this woman who's a, she's a journalist and she goes to live with these Aborigine Australians. And our Aborigine Australians are kind of like ancient humans. They're these hunter-gatherer tribes who live off the land and they're completely detached from modern society and they're almost these small hubs of people that are living as if, you know, they were still hundreds thousands of years ago. And it's super interesting because this modern woman is one of the first, you know, modern people, let alone a journalist, to go live with these ancient Aborigine Australians. And the reason that they let her in particular kind of live with them um, beyond, you know, their own spiritual beliefs as to why they were going to let her in. They let her live with them because they felt as if their people were dying off. And so they wanted to allow someone from the outside to kind of taste uh, their life so that she could go on and spread it with modern society. And this book really resonated with me. It was super cool. So this woman lives with these ancient humans for three months and she's got no clothes. They, they take all her clothes, all her possessions. She's barefoot. She's in the, the blazing hot Australian sun for three months. She sleeps on the floor. She eats bugs. She eats like raw foods. Um, she has no sunscreen, no shade, no shelter. Uh, just absolutely the most raw of environments, the most brutal of environments she was just thrown into. And it's cool to see her progression from being like a very soft, high-yield journalist woman to becoming like by the end of the three months, you know, this is like her way of life. And she comes to appreciate everything about it. And this book has left me, like as I was reading it, so cool the power of a book because I would just feel so inspired personally to be more resilient and to be, I was so reminded through this book and by learning about like the ancient humans that the way she describes it, just how resilient, how tough we are as humans, how we kind of have everything at our fingertips as humans. And it's almost by the sense of removing the unnecessary that we can really tap into our power. And, and that's what I really walked away with. I would go about my days, you know, being feeling as if, okay, what kind of challenges instead of saying, what challenges could I remove? What challenges could I embrace? Like her in the book, she's walking barefoot and barefoot and barefoot and just getting cut up and, and rocks and pebbles and she's bleeding and, and the ancient humans almost laugh at her, you know. The ability to build calluses is a strength. Rather than just putting a shoe and having a cushion there, you know, calluses build so that you can have strength so that you can walk on harder grounds. And that's kind of a metaphor for a lot of things like in what other ways can we build calluses? Can we become more, uh, rather than, you know, 
adding band-aids or adding cushion to the things that are hard and painful? In what ways can we just learn to surrender to those painful times in hopes that calluses build, in hopes that we can then be able to navigate on harder grounds moving forward? And that was something that I really walked away with. I walked away with like a feeling of all these personal development things, all these biohacking things, all these things that I do on a day-to-day level to try to be healthier and happier are just really me trying to become more primitive in a way. Like here was this woman waking up to the sunlight, to the sun waking her up with her tribe. And that reminded me, like as I read it, huh, when I wake up, how could I better, you know, just get outside and get my body awake by the sun? She would spend her, you know, she wouldn't really eat that much. She talked about how hard it was at first not eating and and she was just so used to eating all the time. And that made me think like, huh, how often am I eating just because I feel like I should eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks? Like what if, what would happen if I just intuitively ate when my body wanted to eat? And in the book, she's like eating gross shit, like small meals that, and she, they don't have silverware or plates and they're just they're grabbing food with their hands, you know, super primitive, like animals almost. But it made me think throughout my day, like, huh, what would it look like if I, you know, only ate when I was really hungry? What would it look like if I could only eat maybe a handful or two of food? What foods would I gravitate to? Assuming I couldn't, you know, have a huge plate and forks and knives. You know, I wasn't eating with my hands, but it was a cool thought experiment and thinking, what kind of foods would I gravitate to if really it came down to just pure survival and, and what foods would optimize my performance throughout the day given that I couldn't have all this extra surplus? You know, what is the bare essentials of food that I could more gra- that I could gravitate to more? She talked about in the beginning how absolutely difficult it was for her to, you know, just be walking all day long, moving all day long. And this was just, you know, the nature of who th- this tribe was. They were always moving, either hunting for food or, you know, just moving from point A to point B, you know, moving in a way that got them away from more heat and maybe into a cooler climate. So they were just constantly migrating. And that makes me think like, huh, maybe, you know, the human body is designed for continual movement. And as I was like, found myself almost as I am today, sitting at a desk, working for the first half of the day, Maybe I can cut myself more, some more slack now instead of being like, you know, sit down and grind this out all day from, from for eight hours. Maybe I can give myself some more slack and being like, you know what? The human body is designed to move. And maybe that is why I get a little, you know, crazy, stir crazy if I'm sitting down for too long. Maybe it's not me that is antsy or whatever. Maybe that's just our society is so prone to sitting in stagnation, but the human body thrives with migration and movement. This book, the woman was talking about how beautiful it was, how much this tribe, despite the harsh conditions, how much they laughed and how much they played and danced with each other and hung out and just was were always with people. And that made me feel like, yeah, fuck, man. Like I'm always trying to be around like-minded people and like I'm always craving this tribal community. I'm always craving this connection with people that are doing something similar as I am. And I feel like reading this book reminded me, oh yeah, this is kind of a human trait in that we strive connection. We strive for a tribe, for family, for connection, for people that we can look to in the eyes. And you know, this has been proven in science that we get oxytocin, which is like the love chemical, when we connect with humans. 
And so it's like this primal thing of being with a tribe has been, been proven with modern science. And it's there's so many of these overlays that reminded me like, huh, all the modern things that people tell us to do, get more sunlight, um, move more, exercise more, eat less, eat healthier, eat more natural foods, be with people that you love. All these things were <laughs> really uh, reminded to me in, on a visceral level by reading this book because it, it came down to the tribal version, the, the ancient human version, um, which I think we all have within us. We all have this animal version of ourselves. We are all humans. And I, th- I think sometimes myself particularly, I forget that, you know, I'm living in this modern society. I did a podcast with Tony Riddle and he had the amazing quote that said, we all can't live in nature, but we can learn to uh, live naturally. And this book definitely reminded me that, like, how can I live naturally? The woman would end every day in this book. She would be laying in the dirt. You know, she didn't have a bed, but she would be looking at the stars. And, you know, they would sit around a fire when the sun went down. They would eat their dinner together. They would talk, and then they would just lay under the stars until they fell asleep. And I can't do that every night. I'm not laying outside in nature every night looking at the stars, but by reading this book, it made me question, maybe at nighttime, you know, instead of like spending hours watching TV as a lot of us do or being on my phone or doing more work, you know, from 8 to 10 o'clock, what would happen if I just spent a little more time outside in the darkness and like maybe every once in a while did take the time to look up at the moon or the stars Like, I don't know scientifically what this is doing for me. There's no evidence that I can find that supports that this is good for me. But I do know, well, there actually is some science that says that if you can be exposed to darkness, it actually releases melatonin into your brain that signals to yourself that it's time to go to sleep. So by being in darkness, by being outside at nighttime, you're telling your brain it's time to sleep so that the time when you do go to sleep, you're more likely to fall into a deep, restful state. It was reminded to me by this simple book, by this woman who would stare up at the stars and just kind of think, how often am I finding myself or how often am I giving myself the time and space to just look up at the stars and look up at the the moon and just look up and just kind of be like, huh, oh yeah, like I'm in this like huge fucking world. (laughs) I don't know how to explain it, but it seems like such a natural human thing. And I keep touching to these little things that can be proved by modern science in a way. Things like melatonin by looking by being exposed to darkness or oxytocin by being pe- around people or how good it for it how good it is for us to be moving and, and in movement and exercising our body. We all know that. Or how good it is to be in the sun and get that vitamin D or how good it is to eat really protein-rich foods or things that come directly from the earth. We get that on a science level. But what I loved about this book, it, it didn't come down to science. It didn't come down to thinking your way through it. It just came down to doing what is natural for the human body is usually what's best for the mind, the body, the spirit, all that. And so my takeaway, as I'm thinking out loud, as I'm reflecting on this book that just greatly impacted me was, what can I do to be more just natural? What can I do that is more intuitive as a human? You know, as I end my days, should I scroll on my phone? Should I stare at the big blue light on my phone that I have in my pocket all the time? Or should I maybe just like go sit outside and, and try to have a conversation with someone I love? And maybe we could help hold that conversation outside. 
even though it's a little cold, or maybe during the day if I can spend more time outside, even though <laughs> Southern California summer, it's hot as hell right now. It's like 90 every day. One thing about this book, again, I'm just going to keep talking about it, is they were so resilient. You know, they felt the suffering, they felt the pain, but they just, you know, that's a part of life. They talk about how if you can just feel that suffering, not even suffering, but feel that discomfort fully, it makes the times later in the day when you're comfortable so much better. It makes you so much stronger. Again, talking about the uh, the barefoot. She was walking barefoot the whole time. It hurt her so bad, but she built up calluses. And by like two weeks in, you know, she could walk on anything. And that could go to a mental level. When you're in the extreme heat or the extreme cold or you're faced with any extreme challenge, instead of, you know, uh folding and, and pushing that away, what if we stepped into that fully and fully embraced that discomfort, knowing that one, it's going to build a callus, it's going to build strength, it's going to make us better. It's a part of you know the path that we're walking right now. And just to surrender to that and trust that by facing this maybe discomfort or adversity, it's going to lead us to bigger things down the line. I think that's just such a positive mindset and such a positive takeaway I had from this book. I'm going to come back to this quote because I absolutely love it. I think it summarizes kind of the whole theme of this thing is my society did not encourage listening to one's intuitive direction and even frowned on it as being supernatural, possibly evil. I had to be trained to learn to do what comes naturally. I had to be trained to learn what comes naturally. And I think that's so fucking spot on, dude. We all are doing things that are so unnatural from the foods we eat to our sleep patterns to how little we're getting outside to how little we're moving to how little we're spending with people we love to how little we spend time in the heat or the darkness or looking at the stars or or whatever it is. So if you're like me and you want to become the absolute best version of yourself, you want to be happier, you want to perform at your best, you want to be stronger, you want to be around like-minded people, a lot of the times it can be you know as simple as just slowing down and getting more intuitive. What makes sense to like my human my human body? What makes sense to this human meat suit I'm in right now? What would if I was an animal? What would I need right now? Would it be water or some good proteins or would it be some sunshine? Maybe some some movement? Maybe some rest? Maybe some stillness? Maybe some time and under the stars? As complicated as things have gotten, and as many of these self help tricks and diets and and workout routines that seem available to us. It seems like to be at our peak performance, our peak level of expression as humans, you know, these tribal humans, if you look back in history, were some of the most jacked guys. They were healthy. They had, you know, straight teeth. Their teeth were clean from the food they ate. Like as primal and as dirty as they may seem, they really had a lot of things right. And the takeaway I had from this book was, you know, being in uncomfortable situations and, and environments creates incredible resilience and that a lot of the things that I do to become the best version of myself can be encapsulated under the umbrella of doing what is intuitive as a human. And I know that might be hard for myself and for a lot of people to do what's intuitive, especially because we've learned to do the things wrong so much. But yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking out loud with this one, but 
do what's intuitive. You're a human. You're an animal. Get more sunshine. Walk around barefoot every once in a while. Eat healthy foods that come from the earth. Be with people you love as much as possible. Be in movement as much as possible. Spend some time outside, and even when it's nighttime, and just try to do what feels like what an ancient human would do. This is this is an episode that I feel like is different. It's a different style. I'm not sure if anybody does this kind of episode where they talk about a book they read. It's super random. But for me, I absolutely love what a book can do for me, how much it can inspire me, how much it can touch upon little seeds that I know were in me um, that just needed a little loving through like a words of a book. I feel like all these ideas that I read are ideas that I, I almost know deep down intuitively, but when you read something, it almost ignites this like excitement towards you because it's almost putting words to something you already believed already, but maybe didn't have the vocabulary to express. So that's why I think books are so epic personally. I didn't grow up being like a reader. I didn't like reading in high school, but I've grown to become an absolute nerd when it comes to books. I've found that books are just such an amazing learning tool in helping me become the person I want to be. One quote I'm going to leave everybody with, um, I always highlight my books so that I can refer back to the parts I like. One part that I really like that I think is some good food or thought to end this podcast episode with is, The things you see in another individual that you admire are qualities within yourself that you wish to make more dominant. The actions, appearances, and behavior that you do not like are things about yourself that you need working on. You cannot recognize what you deem to be good or bad in others unless you yourself have some of the same strengths and weaknesses at some level of your being. That basically just says like, if you have qualities about someone that you admire, it's because you that you believe that deep down you could eventually, you know, have those qualities too. If you see something about someone that you don't like, it's usually a reflection that those are things that you don't like about yourself. And and for me, I like this quote to end on because that's the cool thing about books is that you can have these kind of dormant ideas or perspectives within you that you you don't almost let out of yourself until you read them somewhere else. For me, I had all these beliefs and things that I didn't allow to be a part of me until I almost read them in a book or heard them in a podcast or had them in a conversation. It was almost once I found that external validation in a book or podcast or conversation that I allowed myself to become that more of that person I wanted to become. So that's just some food or thought to end this episode up. If there's someone out there that you want to admire uh, or that you admire already, just know that those are qualities in yourself that Uh, you can easily obtain. There's reasons that you gravitate to certain things, certain people. um, And so listen to that shit. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Definitely a a different out there type of episode, but I'm always trying to test and, and trial with different formats. If you guys are interested in this book, again, it's called Mutant Message Down Under by Marlo Morgan. It's a cool mix between, uh, like anthropology, um, you know, there's some psychological stuff in there, but then there's also a lot of spiritual stuff. So again, it's a very cool mix between science and spirituality. That's the kind of shit I love personally. Um, And let me know if you like this format. Let me know if you like me kind of reflecting and digesting a book in real time. This is me literally just no script, just literally talking about a book I read and talking about the insights I had. And this is a cool way for me, I guess, to kind of really integrate what I learned from a book and by expressing them with you guys, it it helps me remember them. So I appreciate you guys for, for being there with that. Uh, and that's it. I'm going to stop rambling. I don't want this to go too long. 
Uh, thank you guys for listening to the Mind Body Hoops podcast. Definitely more interviews, definitely more of the same to come. But then I also appreciate you guys being patient while I test out some different formats. And as always, dudes, your feedback is amazing. I love the community we're building. I love the family we're building. So please don't hesitate to hit me up on Instagram. I try to respond to everybody. I love you guys. Thanks for listening.